0: Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it's an upbeat podcast today, a 2-1 win over Luton Town on Boxing Day. To help me talk through it, I've been joined by Alex Emerson. Hi, Alex. Merry Christmas, Paul. How are we doing? Not too bad. And Merry Christmas to you as well. And also a very Merry Christmas to Matt Lansley, who's also joining us.
1: Merry Christmas, Paul. Merry Christmas, everyone.
0: Yeah, it was it was a kind of... Game of two halves today, but I never felt really too nervous until the last few moments. But let's go back right to the beginning of the match where we saw a couple of changes. We saw more missing outs, through true injury, and we also saw Elise dropping out as well, which we now think might be a slight hamstring as well from Panovic's comments after the match. We saw Aluko come in and Mr. T-Mac, who has a huge impact on the game. What did you think of those changes, Alex, when you saw them? Uh, so uh, the
2: first reaction was kind of like it's a little bit a weak team and it highlighted just how low ranking that squad depth is in this league. Um, when you saw the bench especially, uh, I think I heard Mick Goodin say there's only seven of them out of nine have never played, never started a game for Reading in the league, which is just ridiculous. Uh, I was quite impressed with Luco today. I was pretty, pretty pleased that he was coming in, even if it was at least, say, dropping out. At, uh, I mean... It's a, it's a funny one with, with Elisa, I, I think he's, you obviously want him to be on the pitch as much as you can, he's one of our best players and he, you want him to be influencing every game but if he's got any kind of like slight problem, slight injury worry we just shouldn't risk him um, especially in a game against Luton who, I mean, from all accounts they were not very good today Um we should be holding him as much as we can so we can get the most out of him for this season. Because if we're going to have like a good end to the season, it's going to be based around having at least on the pitch and not not sat up in the stands injured. So I can see the sense in, in resting him if he was had a slight, you know, niggle with his hamstring. Um, bringing in McIntyre was probably the only real sensible choice given that Gibson is now injured and Moore is now injured as well. Don't really think you've got any other option at all. It's like the only... You know, last kind of last player out there. And when he, it was him who went down, wasn't it? At some point in the late in the first half, and sitting there going, I have no idea what they're going to do here. Probably, for you know, if they'll put on Bristol or something, who's played what once ever in his career for Reading. So that would have been interesting. Um, but yeah, the January can't come soon enough. And they've, they've got to look to try and get a lone player or two in to just bolster the squad there for a bit.
0: Yeah, talk about January. I'll tell you what we do need is a pitch that doesn't look like a beach, Matt. I mean, can you talk me through what what kind of beach did that remind you of? Because we were not playing like uh, the Brazilians on uh, Copacabana, were we in the second half? But we got through. No, and I think it
1: took quite a few of them by surprise at the start because I know they said they touched on it in the commentary, but
3: you had people sl- slipping over left, right, and centre. It was and the not. ref, that was and a good- the ref. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you had them slipping over almost from, from minute one. Which I mean, oh, uh, you just looked at it and you just thought, okay, <laughs> um, at least it's the same for both both teams. But I mean, when I also saw Swift on the bench, I was. I was happy that he was back on the bench, but then I was thinking, I am absolutely going to be crapping myself if he comes on, because he'll probably slip over and hyperextend his knee or something. Like we know what his knees are like. Um, but, but yeah, it was it was just it was just worrying on all fronts. Not not for performance wise, just injury wise, because a pitch like that is just going to cause issue after issue. You know, that's more what I was worried about. Just getting an injury to you know an Ajaria or one of the replacement players if holmes got injured you know rinamota lauren you know we can't be dealing with any more injuries i think that that was the biggest blow with with the news today because you know we were all kind of going on speculation about more nothing was confirmed meant kind of you know we're all hoping that oh it was just yeah it was just you know a rumor he's fine he's had an injection or something but you know seeing him off the team sheet just it's devastating really you know and It's stress fracture or something i think you know you know he's going to be out for you know yeah you know he's going to be out for four six weeks and it's just it's not not what we need you know and like alex says january can't come quick enough i don't know how many loan players we're going to be able to get in but you know even if it's permanence you know we just need reinforcements
0: Yeah, quickly talking about um, January, Panovich is talking about after the match, saying that uh, Brexit will be affecting our ability to bring in players. I don't understand all the details on that, so I'm not going to claim to know all about that. But he was also said again that Jao and Richards are close to come about. I mean, both those players are going to be huge when they get back into the team, aren't they, uh, Alex?
2: Yeah, um, I mean... Richards allows you just to have a little bit more just depth uh, in defence if, if it means that Richards can come back and slot back in the left back you can then you've got a little bit more option in terms of being able to move McIntyre in centre back potentially if we need to sub out during the game maybe playing McIntyre out right back or playing Holmes at the right back and putting McIntyre it just gives you a little bit more of a kind of flexibility in defence um, and obviously having Jarback is just huge um, just in terms of the way we play it, it's just been hampered completely for the last what four weeks or so now three weeks um and you can see the amount of the amount of shots we're actually taking from open play it's just rapidly dropped off a cliff um without Zhao in the team and yeah we're great to have him back in the team asap really
0: a fine example of what you said there. Eighth minute, Tom, is, uh, Tom McIntyre, can't even say his name now, managed to turn into some kind of super striker. The kind of goal you see Zlatan Ibrahimovic score. And I'll follow a co-host on here who was on here quite regularly. Eric would have enjoyed that, being a Swede. But what happened to him there, Matt? That was an absolutely incredible finish, wasn't it?
1: It was a stunning finish, you know. I, just, I couldn't quite believe it was McIntyre that did it. To no. be honest, <laughs> at, at, at starts, you know, the way the way he just flicks it on so delicately from the front post, he couldn't have done it better. You know, like you say, striker couldn't have done it better. Zhao couldn't have done it better. Maybe we should be whacking. Well, now I'm not going to say we should be whacking him up top, but <laughs> you no. know, with a strike, with, a, with know, a strike like, like that. A moment there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get big target man up front it will be fine <laughs> no, it was it was a brilliant finish absolutely just out of the blue but I mean it was it was great for him because you know he's had a he's had a tough start to the season you just hope that a moment like that would just kind of push him on it would give him a bit of confidence because it would probably be knocked this year with with the mistakes he's been making but um but, but yeah it was absolutely stunning and the perfect start to the game
0: yeah, I mean, if you look at the kind of like, players you've got in the team now, we've obviously got two Toms in the team, both Reading fans. We've got Tom Holmes as well, who alongside him. You don't really notice him, do you, Alex? But he's just another very solid performance. No, I think it was, you know, pretty seven out of ten solid,
2: solid, uh, consistent performance from Holmes, as you said. And we were discussing before the podcast, and the Holmes massively reminds me of Ingham and perhaps not in his style of play, but I just think you're just never going to notice him again. I don't think he's made any major errors, but he's never going to pop up and win you a game either. So um, he kind of just gives me that kind of vibe. And I think he's, he's gone so under the radar as well with Reading fans. And it's one that I feel like people should probably just realise that, yeah, Tom Holmes is a Reading fan. He's been through the Reading Academy, and actually, that's not, this is nothing to take away from McIntyre. Holmes is two years younger than McIntyre as well, and he's he's, you know, he's nailing down a spot in the first team. It, it, it would have, would have played abovely and more I play him above Liam Moore at centre mean, back a minute nine? No, probably not. But um, you know, he's he's definitely become a first first team squad regular now, and uh, all credit to him.
0: Yeah, he can play in either position as well. I thought he was excellent at right-back, Matt. I mean, kind of... I wouldn't have expected this level of consistency performance from such a young player.
1: Absolutely. And I think today was an interesting one because obviously he was moved back into his natural position today at centre-back, you know, and he played... He, he played very, very well, to be honest. You know, there wasn't really... It, it, it was like it was like his performances at right-back. And like Alex said, he, put, he, he had a quiet game. He didn't put a, a foot wrong. But, I mean, you know, we... He was holding the loot and attack right till the end you know it's and i think it's a valid point that alex makes about the fact he's you know nearly two years younger than him you know he's he's 20 you know he's 20 tom McIntyre's 22 yes only just turned 22. but you know he's 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 a he's a young player still and he's got a heap load of potential you know like the fact he went out on loan last year to it was belgian team wasn't it kf was a ksv oh, so that, or, it? that's the one yeah yeah Yeah, the fact he's gone out and played, you know, maybe not an entire season of games, but, you know, he's got professional football under his belt. That seems to have really helped him this year because he's come back and he's just, uh, he seems like a completely new player. Yeah, I don't
0: think it's just about the game time. I don't think he had a huge amount of games there. But it's a maturity of not also living at home and going Mm -hmm. away and being around that adult environment continuously and being part of it sounds like a really basic thing but i think you find so many players of game from that
2: yeah i mean it's one of those things i think it's if you look at a, i guess a big club for example where chelsea so many of their players are sent out on loan and everyone always says oh chelsea loan army and so on and so forth but if you look at the players who actually go out on loan versus the players who don't You've got to imagine that the players who go out on loan and play in lower league football, or go out and play, you know, in a foreign country, are the ones who are probably going to end up making it in professional football eventually. Um, because there's just there's a sense of you've you've gone out and done it. You might not necessarily succeed at Chelsea, or you might not necessarily succeed at Reading, or wherever your club is, your parent club. But you've got the opportunity then to be able to prove yourself that you can actually succeed in professional football, as opposed to. Under twenty-three football or under eighteen football, whatever level you're playing at beforehand, um, and, and credit to the club as well um, has to be said for keeping homes around during the summer, um, because there was so much reaction when when um, Osho was was let go and not given a not given a new deal, and there was a lot of kind of I guess hysteria around that. And this was around a guy who played, you know, less than 10 games for us. And yes, he did quite well at the end of last season. But clearly there was, I guess, a, uh, you know, level, a difference between Holmes and, and Osho that is seen every day during training and not necessarily by the fans in the one one time a week or potentially two times a week now that we see them playing for 90 minutes. So, um Credit to the club for for keeping Holmes around and, and kind of integrating him quickly into the first team this year.
0: Yeah, totally. um I think he's been excellent, as we've all agreed on that. I think what we then saw was a really scrappy match there for another like another half an hour. It wasn't until the 37th minute that we had a little glimmer of a hope. Really sloppy pass there from the Luton goalkeeper. Now Ijaria explain to me alex why Ijaria is not taking on his man there in the penalty area he's got the opportunity he does this all the time he then kind of i don't know what happens in his head he passes to boulder and boulder's never going to get the ball is he
2: um yeah Ijaria does this a lot he slows the game down when he gets the ball every time you want him to pick the ball up and be moving with it and he doesn't move quickly enough um when he's on the ball still it's it's something that you really need to see him kind of improve on and, and really work on his game at because it doesn't seem like he's developing that trait quickly enough to be able to move up in terms of, you know, last season there was big comparisons with him and, him and Eze. And Eze is now a Premier player. And he, by all accounts, he's doing OK at Crystal Palace. At the moment, I don't really see how Ajari is going to get to that kind of that level. He doesn't, he's not taking players on, in uh, the same quantity he was last season, and at the same speed, um, and he's he's slowing the game down. When we're really a lot of the time this year, we've been really reliant on being a counter-attacking team. And if you've got a player who's slowing the game down every time they're touching the ball, like I don't, it's not to say that I think he should be dropped or it shouldn't be in the team, but it is just one of these things that you,
0: I don't see how it fits in with the style of play that we're looking to to try and put on the field. I don't think he's maximising his talent at the moment. I'm a big Ajaria fan, and I see what you're saying. I think he does have those issues. I think maybe, I don't know, it's so easy to say, I think he really misses riches on that left-hand side. I think he's a big impact. It's like Tyler Blackett had. But, yeah, I agree. He's not playing at his peak at the moment, but he's still quite young. He's not like 28, 29. I'd be worried at that point. But we'll see how he progresses. Then we kind of, like, get the second goal, which is obviously a massive relief. Some Actually, probably the nicest bit of play there, an actual open play we've seen for a little bit of a while. We saw the link-up quick pass from a Luka to a Semedo. Then Boldup actually has an opportunity to do something. He rarely got the ball today at all today. Run around like an absolute dog, but had a no, absolutely no shots. Then plays a really nice through ball to Semedo, and he finishes well, Matt, doesn't he?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's 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 a lovely finish it's a really really good finish um you know and it's just a very very good team move like you say the the, the initial link up from Aluko, the run the pass from Samedo, the the little ball through from bulldog is just quality absolute quality and you know i think Samedo finally gets his goal he can get that little little sheep off his back you know it's it's something that i think we've all been kind of you know um uh say criticizing for because it's just it's very uh well it, it's been very frustrating up to this point seeing him there it's nice to finally see him finish off one of the chances um but um but yeah it was just a brilliant team goal and it, it was just a relief at that point because knowing the team as it was you know to get two goals up you know one goal is fine it's good but getting two goals up with the team like we had it was just a sigh of relief really and it was just the time it came just before time, you just were just praying for them to get get down at halftime two now and then they can shut up
2: shop in the second half the the amusing thing of course about <laughs> the somato scoring today is that the chances are he's probably not going to be in the team going forwards now swift's back of course so uh
0: <laughs> you know treasure treasure that goal uh, now you've scored brutal, it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no you're totally right i don't think he will be uh maybe not quite yet the next game but yeah going forwards he will be we're kind of like looking at the team then going into half time. we're thinking let's not give away anything silly. let's not switch off, let's not be daft. We saw both sides of Tom mcintyre's inexperience. though I so, say and his enthusiasm there's no doubt he's uh wants to impress every single time he gets on the pitch. we can all see that. he's one of us essentially isn't he and I know that's a cliche, but he really is. We got away with a massive penalty shout there. I mean, if you're a Luton fan, seeing your player taken down, that was inside the penalty area, wasn't it, Alex? That's a penalty.
2: Yeah, so all of those penalty claims that we had against Sheffield Wednesday. This one, probably, I know it was like four against Sheffield Wednesday and this is only one, but um, yeah, this one, probably, we got away with one, like, pretty obviously. Yeah. he's definitely inside the penalty area and the fact is the ref hasn't even put the ball like on the line or next to the line when he's done the free kick he's put it like another half a meter outside the area i have no
0: idea how he's seen it so far out i think um, it's like him saying oh i haven't made a mistake it wasn't that close yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he must he must think that the players the Luton players
2: fallen into the area almost but um i mean in terms of the tackle it's it's rash mcintyre you, I, it reminds me a lot of the game against Preston earlier in the season um when he gave away a penalty, and it wasn't quite in a similar similar vein. But he got caught out of position against Preston, and it feels like he's kind of been caught out of position. And he rushes to get himself back into position and to, to, to impact something. And he's gone in to block it, block the Luton player today, and he's just basically just completely like, mistimed it. Um, Yeah, Reading
0: have got away with one massively there. He didn't have a rush, though, did he? I didn't look at it and think, oh, that's a last-ditch challenge. Just kind of moving the side. Just make him do something. Give away a corner. It doesn't matter. You know, he'd probably get the ball back in all probability. But, yeah, kind of enthusiasm to get through to half-time. He wants to impress. And he's, he's being caught out there. And he's got away with it, which is great for us, Matt, isn't it? But kind of... Let's not forget he's, the goal as well. Though he has had a great day, still let's let's not get get this he's, perspective.
1: He's had a good day, but I think it's just it's coming back to the point on him not learning from mistakes because he's done this. He's done this now multiple times. You know, the last game he played, I think, was was depressing. Or well, started was depressing game. Like Alex said, and he gave away a penalty in a very similar kind of situation where he's made a mistake and wants to rush and get get back to it. The worst thing about this is that we've just scored just gone two nil up it's the was it the 44th minute just before half time just just don't do anything stupid you know you do not need to go to ground you don't need to do anything rash just make sure you do the basics and get into half time at two 0. there's no point flying into any tackles making any you know trying try, try to be the last ditch hero you know it's and it's it's just frustrating because like i said it's, it's the same mistakes happening over and over again um but he's, he, he, he's he scored. I don't want to slate him too much, obviously. But it's if Christmas. he wants...
0: Let's
1: be nice It's, yeah, let's it's be Christmas, nice Come it's, on, it's, his it's Christmas yeah. But I think oh, if he yeah. if he wants to make a claim to the first team, he needs to stop these mistakes. He needs to stop them. Because otherwise, he will never make it, you know, bottom line at the end of the day. Because it's, you can't be making those mistakes and be starting week in, week out. Unless, Unless you're here. a goalkeeper. Unless
0: you're a Come goalkeeper, which I'm sure we'll get to. <laughs> well, don't worry, it's coming. It's coming. It is coming. One thing I'll stand up for Tom McIntyre, he's a really nice bloke, that's for certain, is, Absolutely. is he's not a left-back. And he's never going to get a at left-back. And he's also playing a position that he's not used to. I mean, I'm going to stand up for him. I'm feeling very kind to him. He scored a cracking goal. I'd love to have that one moment in my life. I'm just going to have that just leave that there you know he's been quality day for him kind of games half time, you think okay let's just see this out Luton are going to come out they're going to put a lot of energy into it they're not going to haven't got that much quality that was pretty evident even though they do score late on but I kind of I don't know what happened to us we just kind of sat back and kind of realized that they didn't have much quality and they built on Hilton, who was absolutely atrocious. I've got to say, he was one of our best players in the second half for us. But we also had a penalty appeal in the 59th minute for Morrison. Now, I don't think that's a penalty, Alex. What do you think? I don't think there's any chance of us getting that after the first half. I mean, it looks like to me
2: that Morrison is the only person who doesn't claim for the penalty. <laughs> he goes yeah. down and kind of like rolls over and then gets... I mean, doesn't get back up straight away, but... There's a couple of reading players who call it, but Morrison doesn't go down like screaming for a penalty or anything.
3: Um,
2: yeah, I think it would have been really, really soft if it had been given. Uh, it just doesn't look like a penalty at first glance. I couldn't see why people would have would have thought that was a penalty, but as soon as you see the view from behind, it just doesn't look like a penalty at all. Um I don't know if it's a dive or not. I haven't seen the replay enough really to it probably go was, into that uh, detail. Yeah, Um but it, it's just not. It's not a penalty. No, it's no, more Morrison it initiating
1: be... it on the defender. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I he think really so.
2: swerves into him, and yeah.
0: Does anyone remember that Steven Taylor? It's stephen Taylor for Newcastle. When he handles the ball on the line, he goes down holding his, his, his chest, doesn't it? He? Yeah, yeah. He pretend, yeah. handles it. He pretended it's on his chest in the Premier League years ago, and then he sends him off. And he just looks at the ref. And goes, oh yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm off. <then. laughs> Fair play. Yeah. My bluff. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there it was a bit like that and you see a centre-half diving it's yeah it didn't really convince me but kind of Luton come into it they're coming more and more pressure but very little quality and it's only right until the last moment so I'll come on to Swift on a bit but let's talk about that long range shot and the issue that Raphael seems to have at the moment with those shots and has for a good period of time now Matt I know you are, Matt you'd probably like to see Southwood and Goal, so. Let's see your thoughts on this one.
1: Yeah, where to start? (laughs) Um, It's just... He's got such a fanfare around him and such a fan love for him, Raphael. But, I mean, since, since Christmas last year, it's just been getting worse and worse and worse. And to be honest, this year, it's just mistake after mistake after mistake. And I think that goal just compiles it because it's just like... It, well, uh, obviously, previously he pretty much throws the game away within the first fifteen minutes at Brentford. There's multiple times when in games prior where they are there's just so many mundane saves that he needs to make. Like pe- people might say, "Oh, well, he's made three other saves." Well, to be to be honest, I can't remember three other saves he's made today. He's made saves that have been straight at him, but if it, if a ball is coming at his chest and it goes through his chest, I mean, you might as well just not not play him (laughs) and it's just the goal that he concedes today it's just he's essentially straight he doesn't even need to palm it away he just needs to fall on the ball that's all he needs to do and he really seems to have an issue with saving from from like like from outside the box like Pauno um came onto it in his post-match interview saying that you know we have a bit of a problem with shots from outside the box and that the defenders need to be or you know we got to look at closing down, getting blocks in.
2: But I mean, are goals conceded I have, I, from I outside the feeling, box? has to be. I have a feeling that we actually have one of the highest amount of block shots in the league. Hmm. Uh, I, don't th- I, I don't think that is the issue. I don't think it's a case that we no, don't block I don't. enough shots. I, I think that's, no. that's a convenient excuse for when we concede from long range, oh, why didn't we go out and block the shot? And it's, yes, it's all well and good saying we can go and block the shot, but that isn't realistic. You can't block every single shot that is going to come in. Um, and actually, you know, maybe not 99, like a lot of the time your goalkeeper should be making routine saves from from distance. Um, and, and it's, you need, you know, you need that confidence in your keeper that when a player shoots from 25 yards or 30 yards, that your keeper is going to be able to deal with it not have to worry that oh i didn't step up and put the block in yes maybe i could have done it if i got there but you know you can't do that every time um, And you need that confidence in your keeper and at the minute rafael is just he doesn't provide it
1: i think one of the one of the biggest things as well so many times when these goals going going in from outside of the box so many people are trying to come up with excuses for rafael oh the ball swerved oh the ball is Bounced just just before him he was unsighted i mean these coincidences cannot be happening time after time after time you've got to look at the keeper at some point you know because i mean the amount the amount of goals that he concedes from outside the box that you know are straight at him are just very very just they, they should be simple for a goalkeeper you know a ball might swerve slightly in the air it might bounce just before it but you know you've got if you're not saving those those shots what, what is he in the team for you know his passing isn't the best his distribution isn't the best his shot stopping is okay he can make certain reflex saves but he can't his diving seems to be very very poor he can't seem to dive
2: yeah this I think is something i read on twitter afterwards was that it, the amount of mistakes he's making it, he doesn't have anything else in his game which makes up for yes. this with Al-Hamsi, for example, Al-Hamsi was a, a very, very good shot-stopper. And I think 99% of Reading fans would agree he was an extremely good shot-stopper, but he had the occasional mistake in him. However, with that mistake, you could normally make up for it with the fact that he'd probably save a lot more shots, um, which you would think, oh, damn, he's made a really good save there. That's excellent. Um, with Rafael I don't, you don't I don't get that impression at all. Um and I, To be honest, the, the, the going back however long Matt's been on his Raphael run here um, to, the, to the start of this, I, I disagree. I don't think he has got a fanfare around him anymore. I just don't think he... I think, I think there's a sizable proportion of the fan base now who who are
0: kind of the point where they don't want to see him
2: starting in goal
0: at the moment. I uh, think and it's like 10% that actually feel a bit bad about that. I don't think it's because, yes. it's like a, yeah, they're being hounding him out. They think no, uh, I think, think it's food. people. People yeah. want to see him out of the team, out of
2: almost sympathy, which is yeah. almost as almost worse. Um, because he, I just don't. Did do, do you want a player who's going to get you to, you know, are we are we going to get to Wembley for example this season and see Raphael make a mistake in the playoff final because it, because we haven't seen him drop this season and you haven't been able to like rest him and almost reset him in inverted commas um just because we we're too afraid to see just we're too afraid to put Southwood in goal for two or three matches just just our almost sympathy to Rafael, um i i just think it's a change you've got to make at some point if this was a striker who was missing chance after chance after chance like last season with push gas was dropped he got put on the bench mm. um but for some reason with goalkeepers it's, it's this protected species where you just never drop them and it's like at some point you have to accept that if you're going to make that many mistakes you're going to get dropped whether you're you know first choice second choice third choice position in that position you, you can't keep making mistakes without
0: it coming back with a consequence i think i think one of the biggest things yeah sorry i'm going to say something that i was going to say So yeah I think his confidence gets really knocked by his kicking. Just a few minutes before he gave away that goal, he did a really poor moment with his control of the pass back to him, which was not a bad pass back to him at all. And he just managed to kick it, really rushed and kicked it out for a throw. And I think it just scrambles his brain sometimes. I've seen a pattern of this happening with him. Once his kicking becomes poor, and I was amazed Luton didn't pressurise him in the first half, I found that incredible on a poor pitch. And also with his kick, I just, I don't know why they did that, but that's their issue, isn't it? But you were going to say, Matt.
1: Yeah, no, well, I think I, I think one of the most interesting things around the Raphael thing is the fact that, you know, we've got a, a, what seems to be quite a safe goalkeeper to revert back to as a second goalkeeper in Southwich You know, he was out on loan last year um, up in Scotland, was it... Um, Hamilton, Hamilton, awesome. Hamilton. He was out on out on lane with and he did very well there or by all accounts did very well, you know. And if if, if, if it's not like a situation like where we've got Walker as a backup, you know, if Walker was there, you'd be umming and ahhing thinking, oh, well, he's probably the best we've got. But, you know, right now we've got a, a keeper like Southwood behind him, which. He's still a relative unknown quantity, obviously, with us purely by fact that, you know, we only saw him play his first game, I think, back at well, it was against Luton in the Cup, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. Um, but he's got to be worth a try. And like 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 Alex says, it's almost a, just to give Rafael a break if nothing else. But I it's it's quite cliche to say, but I do think you're starting to see why someone like Raphael's been a number two all of his life, to be honest. Because it's yeah. you you start seeing these patterns merging with certain goalkeepers um and they can have a certain stretch of of good form but they can't that it's more putting your body in the right place at the right time it's not down to their ability at the end of the day
0: yeah i think we've got a decision there coming up at some point uh, soon i think for the manager be interesting to see what he does against swansea which is going to be a tough match whoever plays in goal but kind of we saw the match out we got two two one win that's got to be a positive we got seven first team players missing there alex and the pressure just to get a win today it doesn't really matter how it happened because our home form was starting to drift badly so we glad we got those points on the board
2: yeah and i mean when you look at the table now it just it, having three points today rather than one or even zero today being such a difference i mean luton they were only six points behind us at the start of the day. And, you know, if we'd lost today and we were three points above loot and sitting in ninth um, after today, if it would have been concerning. You would have, you would have been slightly more worried about, oh, are we just going to ebb this season away and finish in 13th, 14th place? Now we're fifth. We're only three points behind Swansea. And yes, it's going to be a tough game against Swansea in a few days' time. But if we beat Swansea, we're level on points with them. After almost, you know, we're at half the halfway mark in two games time, and um, if we're sitting there level on points or one point behind Swansea in second place after thirty after twenty three games, then that's a really really impressive um, impressive run. If we're sitting, you know, three points above Luton, then that's fine. It's not it, it's not horrendous. But at the same point, you fix it you would sort of think well. It's such a great start where's it all gone wrong um so it, it, yeah i think it was probably understated really today how important those three points were um and so it's, it's really good to have, have got them on the board and kind of i guess almost reset the the confidence within the squad and just remind them that actually you know they're all good enough to play in this league and you know
0: beat teams who are going to probably finish in and around mid-table in the bottom half Yeah, I want to talk about two players to finish this up who uh, we saw today. And one of them has been magnificent all the way through the season. And we can have our now weekly love fest for this player. uh, That is Josh Lauren. But I also want to talk about the fact that um, John Swift is now back on the pitch. Now, seeing him back in a red shirt is fantastic. I think he's going to really add something to that midfield. Just gives us more depth and quality as well. I was worried when he came on because I... We all know his hamstrings are made of kind of cotton, aren't they, basically? It doesn't take much to uh, damage him. So he's got through 25 minutes or so, maybe a little bit longer. looked absolutely fine. Kind of got more into the game as it developed. Some choices there in midfield coming up for Mr. Paunovic, Matt. Would you risk Swift from the start against Swansea?
1: Um,
0: Bearing in mind, sorry, that he could be there as well.
1: Mm. It's a good question. That, to be fair, um, I'd want to say I'd want to say yes, um, but then at the same point. Um, it did kind of worry me that once, one, which, well, I, well, we saw it once Swift came on. It was, uh, I think, uh, Luar Luar, I think it was, put a challenge in on him about a minute after he came on. And you just thought, you know exactly who you're tackling there and exactly how you're tackling him there. You blame don't try him. and like...
0: You don't blame him at all. I, 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 blame them. I,
1: can't blame, I can't blame him at all. But it just, I just, it just put my heart in my mouth because he went in and it, it looked like an awful challenge. And he... He, he he stayed down for like a second, I and I just put my hands on my head. I just thought, no, please, please don't let this be. <laughs>
3: <Over-ing
0: personal.
1: laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I you know what I might um, I might not want to risk Swift if we were playing uh, Car- uh, not Cardiff um, Middlesbrough and Neil Warnock next week because uh, Neil Warnock would probably just tell him go snap his leg or something uh being mr colin um but um
0: for the sake of no, life i'd like to say that was matt lansley who said that and uh, not me <laughs>
1: <laughs> i still love him I, I, I still love him i stand by it but <laughs> yes. i just wouldn't play swift against him <laughs> um, no. um but yeah no i think I, I, I probably would because, you know, we're playing Swansea. We need to be playing our best players at the end of the day. I'd probably, I'd, it'd be a tough one to drop a Luka again, but I'd probably look to move Lise out back onto the right, drop a Luca um, and bring Swift into the number 10 role and Ajara on the left. Um, because I, I, we need to be playing him. You know, there was moments when he came on and it took him about 10 minutes to get, back up to the speed of the game but he just controls the game some like some of the runs he was making from left to right on the pitch right to left on the pitch you know he just changes the game you know and if we can get him fit because I think it was was a massive thing that I saw on Twitter actually just before the game I think it was if we can keep in touch with you know the top six by the time players start coming back we will have a chance We will have a real chance to... We
0: will have a chance. But Josh Lawrence was fantastic, Alex, wasn't he, again today? Uh, Dave Stevens said a few weeks ago that he's one of our best-ever impact signings. Now, at the time, I was thinking uh, maybe he's getting a little bit overexcited here. But, Dave, I think you're going to be right, just in case you're listening to this one. Big tick in the box
2: for Dave Stevens there. Um, Josh Laurent is a player who covers every blade of grass every week. You see him pop up at left back. You see him pop up up front. You see him pop up on the right wing. um He he is all over the field every single week, and every everywhere he goes, he makes a difference on the pitch as well. um I, I'm, I'm maybe not on the side of he's one of our best signings of all time ever. No, you know, yet. no, yet. <laughs> but um you know, I, I'll give give Dave a I'll give Dave the benefit of the doubt for now and, and say you know if. If, if Josh Lohan carries on at this form for the rest of the season, I I would personally have it between him and Zhao very, very close for player of the season.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a fair shout at the moment. Um, if Omar Richards had stayed fit as well, he would have probably been in the shout for that, wouldn't he? I mean, it's, it's lovely to have good, positive choices to think about. Oh, it's so nice not to
2: be picking a goalkeeper.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. We love a goalkeeper as player of the season. We absolutely love them. We should have a separate section, I think, just goalkeeper, and then we do outfield for player of the season. We absolutely adore them. That's nothing wrong with that. We've had some really good goalkeepers over the years. Yes, that is me backtracking. Uh, so uh, I'd like to ask you, uh, Mr. Lansley, what do you think about Josh Lawrence so far this season? And will you be getting a statue outside the front of your house of him anytime soon?
1: Uh, probably not the statue any outside my house anytime soon. I'll probably reserve that to when Puskas comes back and uh, bangs twenty five goals and takes us up and lifts the trophy. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: um I to say that is one hell of a lot of drink you've been having over. The
1: last few days. <laughs> no, he's he's been he's been sensational. You know, I think week after week he's he's. He's not faltering. He's not faltering. He's going. He's continuing, and he's not having any break either. You know, if there's one player that comes off, it's always Renamo.ter It's not Laurent. You know, and I think he's just as as free signings go. I don't think you can get much better than than the, actually Morrison as well. But I mean, well, I was going to
0: say, who do we think has been a better signing on a free, a Bosman, whatever you want to call it, Morrison or Josh Laurent? Because I think Morrison has been absolutely brilliant since he's signed Alex. I mean, it's a really tough one to work out which one's better. I mean, can't they just both be really good and just yeah. Look at that? yeah, that's a fair <laughs> <shot>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a fair share. Yeah, uh, uh,
2: no, I, I think Morrison's probably. I think Morrison's probably. You know, uh, uh, personally, I think Morrison is our best defender.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. It's, there's some good defenders there. It's not like we're saying all of them are awful or anything. But yeah, yeah, you know, I think Morrison again today another performance when he's got a lot of young players around us. I just saw that Talk Redding put a tweet up saying that three-quarters of our defence was called Tom today. So um, really young, isn't it? It's quite unusual to see so many young players in the defensive, kind of like back four, and he's the one with all the experience. So he's been a key player for us. And he never seems to get injured, Matt, does he? I I know what I've done there. I know, I know what's coming now, but he doesn't, does he?
1: you you had you had to say it didn't you you had to drop that that uh (laughs) that little chestnut um yeah you know i i I think it's 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 true to the fact of both both of them though both um obviously morrison and lauren you know both of them seem to be such stone walls in the team now you know and i think you know some people say morrison's been doing it for longer but yeah you know both of them have just been stunning free transfers absolutely stunning and i think we need to tie lauren down for a longer deal right now because obviously he was only on a two-year deal we cannot let him get to the end of the season or this time next year and not have a longer contract you know he needs to have another another year or two on his contract just to make sure that you know because he's still quite young as well you know we need to be keeping him because he's one hell of a player
0: yeah totally we've been uh really lucky with some of our signings recently i think we've got some good players in with the right mentality But that is going to wrap it up for this week. I hope you've had an excellent Christmas and you're enjoying uh, advert incoming double-barreled beverages. They are a quality outfit. They do not sponsor us, but if they want to get involved, that is absolutely fine by me. So as you can see yesterday from my video, I was enjoying the uh, beverages yesterday quite a lot. So hope you had a good one. And uh, we'll be back with a preview show for the Swansea City match. And we'll have one after the game as well. So cheers.